thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. And we have been having such a good time. And we're going to pick up teaching on the mind. And I tell you what, you got one. You better know what to do with it. And the Word has much to say about what to do with it. Because we're not left without knowing God's thoughts. Amen. God gives us His thoughts so that we will make them our thoughts. And that's what the Word of God is the thoughts of God. And we're believing for you that as we go on today in the broadcast that you hear answers for your life. Amen. So bring your faith, release your faith in the word that you hear today, because when you join your faith to the word of God, it converts it to power. Amen. We've been taking as our golden text, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Go with me if you would. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. We'll start reading. This is what Paul said to Timothy. He said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. He's already given us this. Amen. So it's part of our inheritance in Christ. Now we have to know how to treat that sound mind. (laughs) We have to know how to cooperate with a sound mind. And what is not of a sound mind? Close the door to that. What is of a sound mind flow? We open the door to that. Amen. That which is in line with the word is what is in line with the sound mind. Amen. The thoughts of the word will will hold us in in the flow of a sound mind. So that's why we want to renew our minds with the word. Renewing our minds means taking on God's way of thinking. So you ask yourself in the face of any opposition, any difficulty, you ask yourself, what does God's word say about this? That's what the first thought is of a renewed mind. And so uh, we want to look at what it says in the Amplified Classic Translation when it describes a sound mind. It says it's calm. It says it's well balanced. Now those two things are worth shouting about, right? A calm mind, a well balanced mind. Then it says it's disciplined and it's self-controlled. So notice it takes our part in this flow of the sound mind that we are to discipline the thought life. Pay attention to what you allow yourself to think on. Amen. One of the things that we've been talking about in regards to walking in the flow of a sound mind is that we learn how to answer things that oppose a sound mind. Anything that opposes the flow of the Word of God, we are to answer it. And the more you are, the more you recognize what is to be answered, 
And the more you are consistent in answering it, we become so much more of greater use to God. Amen. Because he can use us in ways. When we learn how to answer things, it means that we're growing in skill. It means that our faith is growing. Amen. And so we want to make sure that that we become skillful with the authority that belongs to us so that we can stay in the flow of a sound mind. Uh, We had looked at Mark 11 and verse 12, and we can go back there again. Start there. This is um, Jesus was walking with his disciples. Mm -hmm. And it tells us here in verse 12, Mark 11, 12, and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. So Jesus got hungry. And verse 13, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing. Uh, you know, that's good for us to recognize. What did Jesus do when he needed something and found nothing? And it says he found nothing but leaves. So basically the tree was boasting of something, but it wasn't producing what it boasted of. Because it had the blooms, it boasted fruit, but when he got there, it was void of fruit. And so it was was advertising what it did not produce. And so uh, it says, for the time of figs was not yet. Verse 14, and and Jesus, look at this, he answered. So when nothing showed up, (laughs) he answered nothing on that tree. Amen. Amen. Have you ever opened your checkbook and nothing was there? Have you ever opened? You needed help. You needed an answer. You needed something and you could not find what you needed. Right? You looked to something and it was not offering the help you needed. Well, what did Jesus do when he needed something and found nothing? He answered the nothing. He answered the nothing. And he said unto it, he he talked to trees. He talked to trees. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Well, we know this, that the next day they were passing by the same way. And they came, they came to that same tree. And Peter said, oh, look, the tree that you cursed, look, it's withered up. So Peter was astonished that it worked, but Jesus wasn't astonished that it worked. And then he gave us the great faith sermon of Mark 11, 23 and 24, that if you say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say it. Amen. So basically he was telling them things will obey you. Talk to them. Things will obey you. Answer them. Sometimes, you know, good parenting involves right answers, right? right. To be a good parent, you have to know the right answer. And if you, even if you know the right answer, but don't give it, your children can become unruly. Your children can get out of line. Things can get out of place in your home. So it's not enough. We do need to know the right answer, but we also need to deliver the answer when it's called for. Amen. So we see this, that Jesus answered things. Now, I want to, when I say you answer things, when you answer wrong thoughts, you answer wrong feelings. You answer lack. You answer symptoms. You answer things that are not of the flow that you want in your life. You answer it. If you don't answer it, you are allowing it permission to stay. Now, 
we answer the devil. When we're, you know, when we're answering the thoughts that he suggests, we're answering him. Yes. Right? Yes. You not only have to know how to talk to God, you have to know how to talk to the devil. Yes. As I've said in the past, you talk to God in fellowship, but you speak to the devil in authority. Yes. Amen. Amen. We answer the devil, but we do not magnify him. Now, this is so important for people to realize because so many people, many times when they're faced with something, they've magnified the devil instead of answering him. Amen. They're they're talking about and thinking about and rehearsing and repeating and having conversation after conversation about something that the devil is opposing them with. You do need to know what you're being opposed with only so you can answer it, not so you can magnify it. We don't magnify the opposition. We deal with it. We address it. Amen. Now, there is nothing original in the devil because there's no life in him. He's only death. And so all life comes from God. So anytime there's something of a life-giving flow, that, that's because of God, not because of the enemy, yes. right? Yes. So because there's nothing original in the devil, he does not do anything original. Yes. He's an imitator of God with a twist. Yes. <laughs> so basically he takes what God does and perverts yes. that way. Yes. Um, he imitates with distortion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now... And, and I wanted to say that to explain this, is that when God speaks to you, when the Spirit of God prompts you, or when you have a sense of what the Spirit of God is bearing witness with you about, even if you don't hear words, you just sense that the Spirit of God is dealing with you about that, there will come with that peace. Yes. The word says they shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Anytime God speaks to you, there's peace. Anytime the spirit is leading you to do something, there's peace. Anytime the spirit of God says something to you, there's a sense of peace. And many times you can, at times you can even sense the anointing. You can sense that the power of God. That is to help you receive the, the words that are being spoken to you. You understand that? So when God says something, uh, you'll sense the anointing many times because he's helping you to recognize where these words are coming from and so that you'll receive them. When you sense that anointing, that, and that anointing can be felt as peace. You can sense peace in that flow of anointing. Well, that's the way the devil operates. When he speaks, you can also sense something. But you won't sense peace. You'll sense, uh, you'll sense, have a sense possibly of fear, a sense of panic, a sense of anxiety. Why? Because you will sense something to try to get you to accept those words. Say, for example, uh, if he were to threaten a, a Christian and say, you're not going to have enough money to make your house payment. You're going to lose your house. With those words will come a feeling. You'll sense fear. You'll sense that those words seem to feel true because fear tries to, uh, those words carry fear because of of the source. They came from the devil who is fear. So what happens is what people feel can persuade them if they walk by what they feel. 
Or if, uh, for example, someone was given a, a diagnosis by the doctor mm -hmm. and all of a sudden fear will try to strike sure. when you hear those words. Yeah. What is it? The devil's trying to send an influence uh -huh. to try to get you yeah. to accept yeah. a wrong flow, yeah. to accept words. Why? Because he's an imitator of how God acts. Yeah. When God speaks, you, you, he sends an influence of the anointing, uh -huh. peace. Yeah. Yeah joy, that flow will influence you towards those words he spoke. Amen. So, so the devil, yeah. when he speaks, that's why you'll feel something. Yes. That feeling is there to try to dupe you into accepting the words, into accepting what he suggests, into accepting what he's threatening. And it will feel real, but we don't walk by what we feel. <laughs> we don't care what we feel. Amen. 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 I, I'm reminded of a time that I was finishing up a business deal. I was traveling and I was on the road and I had worked for months and months to bring this business deal to completion. And uh, it, uh, there was a lot of opposition with that transaction because there was a much attached to it. And so I was, as I said, I was on the road. And so I got word from my office that we are overnighting documents to you. Go down to the hotel desk in the morning. They will be there. You can sign these documents and send them back to us. That, that night I had a dream. And in that dream, it was a, basically a dream telling me don't sign the documents. And, uh, but when I woke up, there was a sense of, I, if I could say that there was a push with it, there was a drive with it. There was a pressure with it. And there was almost, there was a feeling of anxiousness with sure. it. So I go simply based on the influence. I know that's not God. And I tell you what, there was tangibly I could feel, don't, don't sign it, don't sign it, don't yeah. sign it. There came that pressure. Uh -huh. But I recognized, wait a minute, I'm checking my spirit. I'm not checking my feelings. And I checked my spirit and there was still peace yes. about yeah. that. So I overrode and ignored my feelings. And so I turned toward my spirit. Because see, the devil cannot produce that which you, which you feel in your spirit. That's right. He's not in there. That's why your spirit is, following your spirit is the safest guide because the Holy Spirit is in there, not the enemy. He cannot lead you through your spirit. So I checked in here and I, I, this, this that felt so tangible, that felt so real, about don't sign that, although I could feel it. Uh, in here, it was, it, it, there was not the peace about what I felt. I had the peace about doing it. Yeah. I put on my clothes as quick as I could as soon as I woke up and I walked down there and I signed it yes. boldly. Yes. And, and letting the devil know, yes. I don't care what I felt. Yes. I don't care the pressure that came with that. I don't care what I sensed because I could tell you, I could sense and feel on me the impression of those words. So just know this, you can't go by what you feel. You can't go by what you feel. And I answered it. You know how I answered it? I signed the documents. That was my answer. <laughs> and once I didn't obey that, 
Um, I, I've, I've even learned this. And you say, how'd you learn it through experiencing these things? Um, I remember one time going down the road in the car and uh, this thought came to me. Uh, have you missed God when you did this or said this or said that? And I go, really? Huh? And I said, Father, I said, I repent for missing, if I missed you in that. I wasn't sure, did I miss God in that? But those words, you missed God when you did such and such. So I said, God, if I missed you in that, I repent because I wasn't aware I missed you in that. And the moment I said that, fear came. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't miss God in that. See, if he can get me repenting out of fear of missing God, then that opened the door to that fear. And I, do you understand what I'm talking about? If you respond wrongly, you open the door. It was fear that suggested that I missed God in that. And so when I talked to God and I said, I repent I wasn't really getting God's ear. I was getting the devil's ear because I was yeah. acting on what he said. Yeah. And I immediately felt a sense of fear. And I go, oh, no, 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 fear, I resist you. I recognize where those words came from. So the devil will suggest things to you to try to get you to act on them. And when you do, then he'll try to work it. Does that make sense to you? I don't want to people confused with this. I want you to understand the devices and the strategies that you can't go just, you can't go by what you hear in your thought life or what you feel. Always check your spirit. Always check your spirit. Always check your spirit. Amen. Um, Sometimes the enemy, and I've heard because I've pastored for years, plus I've traveled for years, and I've heard people give testimony that they were afraid of getting some kind of a sickness because maybe it ran in their family or something, and so they would start praying against it. You've learned this faith is for something. Stay on the positive side. Don't get concerned about against something, for something. Amen. And if the enemy can get you on the negative side, he'll start working a negative flow. So I've had people say, uh, well, there was even one testimony of someone who said um, they were given a very serious diagnosis. And in fact, they were told you had three weeks to live. Well, that was over 40 years ago and they're still alive. (laughs) But so they got hold of the word and they started standing on the word and it changed the outcome of something. Really, they got a miracle. It changed the outcome of that condition. But when I listened to them testify, they made the statement. They said, I don't know how, uh, how that ever came upon me because I prayed against that, that, condition for 10 years. Well, you see, if you, if you take a thought of the enemy and even though you're praying it, putting it in a guise of a prayer does not make it faith. It doesn't make it the word of God. Amen. So what was it? The enemy suggested something and when they took and prayed against it, what they did, they really opened the door to the enemy to start working against them 
And of their own admission, they said fear was the biggest thing I had to fight. Well, see, it was fear that suggests it. So that's what I mean. It's, we, we have to become skillful at recognizing what's to be answered and not, what's, it, not just prayed, but answered. See, she should have answered what fear suggested. Fear suggested that she was going to get this condition. She didn't have to pray against the condition, speak to the fear to go. It was fear talking to her. It wasn't sickness talking to her. It was fear talking to her. So she, she should have said, fear, I resist you, but I know this. What can get people even cooperating with that fear? Because they feel something. There's an influence that comes to where you, that feeling of fear, that feeling of pressure, that feeling of what the enemy is suggesting feels real to you. Answer the feeling. Answer the words. Amen. Amen. So this is something we have to learn because this is part of us becoming skillful with our authority is recognizing when the enemy is saying something because some, one thing the devil doesn't want is recognition. He wants to work unrecognized. He wants you to think God's dealing with you. God's talking to you. God's bringing things about or that it's just something you have to accept rather than something you take your stand against. Um, I love the story that Dad Hagen told years ago. He said that he was facing some kind of test. I don't, he didn't specify what it was, but he said it was very real to him. It was tangible to him. And he was walking through his home one day and he, he was considering this situation he was facing. And the enemy said to him, he says, I've got you now because you're in fear. And he says, I'm not in fear. (laughs) He said, yes, you are. He says, look at your hands. They're shaking. Brother Hagen said, I looked down at my hands and he said, physically, they were shaking. And he said, the devil again said to him, see, I've got you now. You're in fear. And I love what Dad Hagen answered. He said, devil, he said, my body may be shaking, but my body is not the real me. My spirit is the real me and my spirit is not shaking. See, what was that? Even Brother Hagen felt the influence of those words that his body started picking that up. You go, I'm not quite sure what you mean by the influence of words. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been driving down the road and the car in front of you slams on your brake, on their brakes? Mm -hmm. And I mean, and you have to slam on your brakes quickly to not run into the back of them. And you didn't have a wreck, you didn't hit them, but all of a sudden the body is shaking. What was that? Adrenaline, right? That adrenaline starts running and you start shaking just because of the adrenaline running. And you're, even after it's all over, it takes a while for the body to calm back down, right? Well, that's what happens when the enemy suggests a thought. Your body can pick up the sense of the presence of fear. And the body can sense things and it, and it will try to influence you because you're feeling it. I don't care what you feel. I don't care what you feel. Answer, answer it. Amen. Not in fear, in authority. You know, my husband and I, we traveled for years together ministering. I've traveled for years, never been afraid of flying. But there was a season that for a few times, 
I mean, on the way driving to the airport, I mean, all of a sudden fear of flying would try to get on me to where, I mean, you're just, you would give anything based on that feeling to not fly. And I go, no, you don't. I mean, that go, no, you don't. I could feel it. It felt real. I don't care that it feels real. I know what's mine. I know something in the face of what I feel. And I would talk to that. And I'd be on the plane at times. And I mean, it'd be like the last place you want to be. I don't care. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what thoughts. I'd answer, fear, you go in Jesus' name. I didn't start binding a plane crash. I bound fear. It was fear talking to me. I didn't believe what it was suggesting to me. I spoke to the fear. You speak to that which is talking to you. You don't try to undo the words it's saying. You speak to the spirit that's threatening. Because there are people that are harassed and tormented. I mean, with driving, flying, being alone in a house, all kinds of things. That's just the spirit of fear that has tried to dupe you. And you go, but I get so afraid if I'm alone. Don't worry about it. It's just the feelings trying to influence you to believe that thought. Trying to believe, trying to get you to believe those words. You just answer that spirit of fear and you walk free from it. Amen. Amen. Listen, I've been there. The devil's going to try it on every front. He's going to try all kinds of different things. Amen. Amen. But take those opportunities to become skillful. I said, take those opportunities to become skillful with your authority, skillful with answering things, consistent with answering things. Amen. Amen. Consistency is so important because you don't want to be on top of a situation one day and under it for two weeks and then on top the next day, but under it for four weeks. Become consistent in your answering. Amen. Any thought that doesn't lead you to peace, any thought that doesn't lead you to joy, answer it. Answer it. Amen. Tell it, that's not my thought. That I mean, just as simple, that's not mine. Fear that's yours, you go from me in Jesus' name. Amen. If it suggests that you're going to get sick, you don't have to start binding sickness. Tell the spirit of fear that spoke that to leave. Amen. Sickness in the problem. It was the fear that spoke it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, these are things we have to learn. And I tell you, I want to pray with those of you who are watching today. You say, Pastor Nancy, I've been harassed by fear. I mean, fear of being alone, fear of, fear of failure, uh, fear of flying, fear of being in a car, fear of driving, whatever fear the devil uses. I say, Satan, you take your hands off their minds in Jesus name. The light drives you, drives out darkness. And I say the light of God's word sets you free in Jesus name. By that power of God, the anointing of God, be free in your mind. Be free in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. All you have to do is say, thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. And if those feelings or if those words try to come back, answer them. You have something to say. Well, we've been teaching from our book, Answer It. We want you to get your own copy. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and we'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. God offers you his thoughts. Take them. 
This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. God's Word will reach into your everyday life, transforming it. It will lift you from the commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.